Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Many of you don't like the idea of the wacky and weird that seem to accompany these things of God. And it's okay. It's okay to laugh because people in Pentecostal churches can be weird and wacky. They, they accompany these things. For, for you, it, it, it's like, you know, for those of you that are sitting on the sidelines, it's like you, uh, you know, swimming with sharks or bull riding. You don't mind watching, but have no desire for direct participation. And I'm going to go out on a limb today in faith and suggest that many of you are hesitant, but in your heart, you want in. You've made it to the sidelines, but you haven't got in the game yet. And I'm just telling you as a kid, I did not like sitting on the sidelines. My goal today is to give you a push. How many of you in, in here own a pool? Is there any that have an actual pool? Just a, just a few of you handful of you. We're not asking because we want to be invited. God forbid you invite us over for us. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm asking because we, Pastor Amy and I used to own a, a pool. We had a above ground pool in our former place. And, uh, and, and I know those of you who are, you probably were working on setting up your pool yesterday. Because it was warm and you're, st you're starting to feel it. You know, you start hitting those 80 plus days, degree days, and even nights that don't even go below, what was it, 68 was the low last night or something like that. When, when it's hovering around 70 at, at night, then you're thinking about your pool. But you all know that that, first time, because you're getting it ready for Memorial Day, that first time you try to jump in, it's not pleasant, is it? It's just not pleasant. And I remember my kids, that, that tussle back and forth, they want to get in, but they don't really want to get in because they, they stuck the toe in and I'd push them. My goal is to push you. It's Pentecost Sunday and I want to push you to jump in. I want you to receive all that God has for you. Stop sitting on the sidelines. And without trivializing the point, I want to say to you all, you know that flowing in the Holy Ghost is fun? Again, I don't want, I'm not trying to trivialize the, the idea because that's not why you get filled with Holy Ghost because you want to have fun. You get filled with the Holy Ghost so you can do the work of God. Let's read a passage of Scripture. I don't have those full-on notes because I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying, but I do have the scripture for you. This is taken from Acts chapter 19. Paul is here. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior uh, regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers 
Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. So notice what he's saying. The scripture's saying. He found several believers. They were already believers. And of those believers, he asks, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So did you catch that? When Paul arrived, they were believers. They explained that to him and Paul said, well, what baptism did you receive? After the one John gave. He baptized people who were uh, to, to free them of their sins. So they were believers. But these people, encount, uh, these people Paul encounters had repented of sin and were baptized. They didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. But notice the hunger for more they exhibit. What? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They wanted in the game. They didn't want to participate from the sideline. They wanted in. No one had to convince them this was right or necessary. Nor did Paul offer a one-day seminar on how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm all in. I'm good with seminars. But you don't need a whole day seminar on the necessity of being filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't even see them asking, why do I need the Holy Ghost? They don't do like we do. We debate. We challenge. We question. They didn't do that. Paul said, you know, what about the infilling of the Holy Ghost? We didn't know there was a Holy Ghost. That's right, and then they said, give me some of that. Some of you have never gained the want-tos. That's where I'm starting today, the want-tos. You know what, that's a crude way of saying you, you got to have a want-to. Maybe you've never had any great compelling force pushing you to jump in and receive the fullness of Holy Spirit. Is it possible that you don't have a desire to serve? Just don't have a real desire to serve. You're, you're enjoying just participating from the sidelines, getting what you can get out of it. Or perhaps you fit in another category. The idea of living for God is too much for you. I mean, really living for God because you're enjoying your sin. So I can appreciate everything you're talking about here, preacher. And I, you know, all you wild Pentecostals, you, we were on display this morning. I'll admit it. 
it's okay. I mean, Albert wasn't even through the first song before he was dancing up the aisle. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was ready. And then, then it happened to a few others. So, maybe, maybe your problem is you're just in survival mode barely getting by as it is. So the idea of serving, the idea of getting more in the Lord, you're just trying to get by. And I'm saying to you, aren't you tired of just getting by? I'm going to tell you a truth that you may not be aware of. You can attend church and not serve or live for God. You can be content just going to church. You need to work on the very basics. And getting filled with Holy Spirit will give you a passion for engagement. That's the basics. Get filled with the Holy Spirit just like the Ephesians did. These these believers in Ephesus. Which by the way became one of the best churches in the scriptures. But here they were. Just believers after the baptism of John. And my problem today, you see, COVID has exasperated a problem we have in society, in particular here in the Northeast. We're, so don't take it personal. However, if the shoe fits, the preacher's saying, you're going to have to wear it today. But COVID has exasperated a problem. We're not friendly. I'm not saying this church. Because you be hard. When COVID wasn't here, you'd be hard-pressed to get through the foyer without getting hugged. So that's not our, that's not, I, I'm talking about as a society, we've become unfriendly. And the mask has worsened the condition. When I pulled up to the church, this literally happened this morning. I couldn't have bought and paid for an illustration any better. But I pulled up to the church, parked my truck, and I watched. One woman was coming up the sidewalk that way. Another woman was coming this way. They walked right by. I watched it. I specifically was looking to see if this would happen. They walked right by each other, as close as I am to Albert, right now, and never looked each other in the eye. Never looked each other in the eye. Just walked like they weren't there. I'm, listen, if nobody else ever tells you this, this preacher's going to tell you that ain't right. It's not acceptable. I don't care how many horror stories you've been told about what people do and how they act and who they are and you don't know them, you don't know them. Yes, you do owe them the decency of acknowledging a human life. You ain't, you know, it's not like they're trying to sell you something. You're just walking down a sidewalk, at least a nod. 
you know, uh, you, God forbid you actually say, how you doing? But at least acknowledge them. Wave if you're nervous. On the pass by. You know, don't, you don't have to go all in, but at least, at least change the narrative because listen to me when I say this to you. This is why this is important to this preacher. If you can't even acknowledge that they exist, how are you ever going to tell them that God loves them and has a great plan for their lives? If you can stand out and ever, well, you wouldn't do that. If you can't acknowledge somebody like that, you're not standing holding a protest sign somewhere. And I know you're, you, you've excused yourself that you're shy. What if they, they don't even speak my language? They speak the language of uh, hello. If you need to work on your Spanish, ask a few of these folks if it's morning, buenos dias. Tardes, noches, you know, work on that a little bit, but just do something, at least not. Philippines, they don't point. They, they actually use their mouth and nose. They don't point. They don't do what we do. They, they consider that rude. They go. I want you to go somewhere, they'll go. And I've seen a few of you Puerto Ricans do the same thing. Maybe it's an island thing or people that grew up around water. I don't know. Be friendly. You see, when, on the day of Pentecost, the church exploded. It exploded. Everyone filled on that day became ministers. Everyone. Everyone. They were all heard speaking in other tongues. And people from various lands around them actually heard them speaking in their language, not the native language of the speaker. Got to have the want-tos. You got to want to jump in, folks. And if I can do my part, I'm pushing you today. I'm pushing you. The water may be cold, may be strange to you. I'm pushing you today. We had it when we went out witnessing uh, previous Saturday. Is it two Saturdays ago? Just last Saturday? It was awesome. It was awesome watching people work, do the work of ministry. Don't miss the next round. Come on, join us. I don't care if we have... 70 people out here. We'll find some place for you to go, play, houses and doors to knock on. Yeah. I, I want to talk to you. I, I, I've said you've got to have the want-tos, but I'm, I'm going to talk to you now about the will-dos. The will-dos are wannabe Pentecostals. Will-dos. You attend this Pentecostal church, but the truth is you don't want the uncomfortable side of Pentecost. You just want that good stuff, the fun stuff. You may even enjoy a lively worship service. So you'll take some of the strange stuff because you like the lively worship service. 
Can I break that off of you for a minute? On the day of Pentecost, they were accused of being drunk. Guess what happens when you're drunk? You lose your dignity. I don't, I've never been drunk, but I'm sure a few of you know what I'm talking about. If you, if you get drunk, you lose dignity. You lose some of those, those filters. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but you know. Those filters start to come off. You look really awesome tonight. Sounds like a country song is right here in the background of my head. I'm going to leave it alone. But you lose your dignity. Uh, you, you may have no concern about it, on the other hand, of being dignified, but you certainly don't want to look weird. Because even people in Pentecostal churches, some of you young people, you just don't want to look weird. You're trying to always look cool. Some of you want the crumbs of Pentecost, but you don't want the strangeness or the oddities of it. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it isn't strange. It is strange. Some of the stuff we do. I, I, I've been fortunate. I was fortunate enough to be, uh, re, when I got on fire for Jesus, it was in a Pentecostal church, an Assembly of God church in North Fort Myers. And you could... You could almost predict it. Sister Farmer was her name. And she always sat right about where that sister is sitting right now. She, in that church. She sat right about there. Never more than about two seats in. Because about the third song, we were hitting a high note on I'll Fly Away or power in the blood or something, and, and it would happen. I got to the point, all of us did, especially us young people, because we young people, we sit on the side just looking for this kind of stuff that makes you smile. But it would happen about that time, she would suddenly go, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. She'd stand up. She had to use a cane to walk, but she would take the cane. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Shortly followed by my grandmother. Hers wasn't all folded up like that because she'd already been crying. And she'd start saying, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, walking around the front. So, you know, this strange stuff. And then, then... I was about 15 years old. We were in revival services. We had some Church of God of Prophecy came over. People from the Church of God of Prophecy. They were, I thought we were wild. They took it up a whole other notch. When a dude broke out about the last pew and turn, took off running, he made two full loops shouting and praising God around the church. And I thought, what is it? Did he get some fire ants on him? Well, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue. That was the first time I saw that. 
And I had to ask somebody, what, what's, with, what's with him? And they explained it to me, and it, just somebody got full of the Holy Ghost and didn't know what else to do but to turn loose and take off running. And I know you may still be sitting there thinking that's just weird. But you don't know what you're going to do when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you the same way. It's just people responding to the Spirit of God within them. When you get overwhelmed by this Pentecostal power, by the power of Holy Spirit, I mean overwhelmed. I'm not talking about a dab. A lot of you have a dab. You get a little goosebump here and there when they sing the right song. I'm talking about a full-on, I don't know what else to do but to turn loose and run. Some of y'all look at the strange stuff we do and like the idea of knocking on doors to tell people about Jesus is as uncomfortable as swallowing a live earthworm. You put it in the same category. I ain't doing that. But I ask you today, are you more interested in conformity to the world? Because Jesus had something to say about that. Some of you are hanging on to the shirt tails of those who have gone before you also. There's some of you sitting here today. You're okay with mama, nana being full of the Holy Ghost, but you're not there. Second and third generation Pentecostals. You don't have it yourself, though. You're content with the leftovers. But I want you to know something about those parents and grandparents. They entered the fray. They endured the hardship. They embraced the doctrine and the fanaticism. Maybe you're just not sure if you want it. You sort of do. Hear me when I say this. This is the best way I know to, to illustrate this. I'm wondering if you'll ever get tired of smelling your neighbor's steak on his grill and want to get your own. I wonder if you're going to ever get tired of that. I'm hoping you do. Because there's only so much of that this, this preacher will take. I get my own steak. I fire up my own grill if it gets to me enough. But I'm just that kind of a person. I never liked sitting on the sidelines. I didn't like being second string or a backup. That didn't fly for me. I'd rather not even bother if I can't actually be in the game. Maybe you've watched me and a few other fanatics here in the church lap up the chunky monkey ice cream of Pentecost. But you've never tasted it yourself. If you haven't, you've missed some good stuff. Don't try it if you've got an allergy to nuts, but. That was a double pun right there, wasn't it? A few of y'all picked up on that. I'm with you, Albert. Just call me nuts. I'm all right with that. Listen, you're at the beach. You can smell the surf, the salty water. You can hear the waves. 
Coming in, coming in. It's warm. You can smell the coconut uh, sun lotion people have on their skins. It's time to jump in. Get in the water yourself. Are you thinking that Holy Spirit will change his ways, become ungentlemanlike, and just overtake you? That's not how it works. This comes from yielding to him. Maybe you've watched a few people that seem out of control while in the spirit, and you're just not ready for that. Well, first let me say, Holy Spirit gets blamed for a lot of things that he had nothing to do with. They're not his fault. And, and let me explain that in the right way. People do act strange when they get full of the Holy Ghost. Stuff happens to them that they're not expecting. So you've, uh, they used to call Pentecostals holy rollers because the Holy Ghost would get on them and they'd be fall out and then roll around. That's how the name cut. Pew jumpers. Swinging from the chandeliers. That came from church. And I realize we're not really, we're not there, but we ain't far from it. And so I know that some of that gets blamed on Holy Ghost, and it's just people responding to Holy Ghost. That's all that is, people responding. So they may act awkward. It may seem weird to you. Your kids may, you, you may be embarrassed that your kids laughing at somebody. Let them laugh. It is strange. But make sure they understand something. That's someone who's been touched by the Holy Spirit and they don't know what else to do but perhaps let out a great big loud shout or, or wiggle. My, my mama, I can't do what she used to do because I, I'm not shaped like her and it just, I, she would, it was kind of a, she would bobble and I, you didn't have any question if my mom was, the power of the Holy Ghost was on her because it was a, she'd be sitting down in it and it was just like that. People do some strange stuff. It's okay to laugh at it, but it's still, I want in. I don't want Sister Farmer to just be touched with the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost for myself. If that could make her act weird, she wasn't afraid to testify at the grocery store either. She wasn't afraid to tell somebody, her neighbor, that Jesus loved them and that Jesus could transform their life. She wasn't afraid to lay her hands on her neighbor because she'd experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. So you may have to give grace to people that act weird, but they're still filled with the Holy Ghost. And don't don't challenge it. Don't put yourself in that judgmental position, whether or not it's real or if it's just them being them. Don't put yourself, you don't have to do that. Just say, Jesus, touch me the way you want to touch me. I'm yours. You got the want to's, the will do's, and I'm going to close with the got to's. 
There's a hunger or a pressing in that must precede the Holy Spirit baptizing you. What you've got to do is yield to him. So this involves the surrendering of your life, the whole of you, if you will, to the person of Holy Spirit. That's saying, I release control. I'm falling into your arms, Lord. I'm totally giving myself to you. Whatever that looks like, it's on you, Lord. Holy Spirit baptism doesn't happen because you grab hold of him. It doesn't work that way. It's because you surrender to him. It's less about taking hold of and more about relinquishing control too. I'm yours, Lord. Remember, by the way, you're not seeking a thing or a phenomenon. You're seeking a person, seeking Jesus. He's the baptizer. He's the one that sent Holy Spirit. He's the baptizer. The promise of the Father, when Jesus got up there, he said, all right, it's your turn. Pass that baton. Now, others search hard and make an issue of the mechanics of it, such as the manifestations or, or what you might do or you might say or how it may look or how it may appear. What am I going to say? What is tongues going to sound like? It's just weird to me. Leave that to him. Just leave it to him. When one of our early trips, this would have been, Pastor Amy and I would have been 27 years old. We made a trip down to Florida one time. And, and, and at that point, our oldest son was only two years old. And so think about this. We're driving to Florida from here literally, from here. And uh, so I had to make promises to my two-year-old. This was pre-video games and televisions in your vehicles and all of that stuff, all right? So I'm going back a few years. Some of y'all remember what that was like. You didn't take vacations because you didn't have all those props. But we, we did it, and one of my promises was when we get to the hotel, we'll pick a hotel that has a pool, and you can go swimming. Two years old. So I swim down to the deep end. My two-year-old runs around the side of the pool just long enough, let his mama turn him loose. He ran around the side of the pool. I was in the deep end. He jumped in. Didn't even think, didn't hesitate, didn't think about it, didn't wonder, is this going to work? Didn't wonder. And he never had a swimming lesson. Off the side of the pool, two years old. He had been in a car all day long, tired of that, wanted to change, and he was ready. So I caught him. He just straight up jumped in, and here's the point. He didn't hesitate. He jumped in with all of his might. He didn't let the questions. He didn't, he, what, see, he was two years old. He wasn't thinking about, wait a minute, my dad's not ready for me. He wasn't thinking about the fact that I had to catch him. What if I didn't catch him? He didn't think about any of that, did he? Just jumped in, full bore. And I'm in the deep end. I can't touch the bottom. So what am I doing with a two-year-old? I'm doing everything I can to hold him up above the water. And I'm trying to not drown myself. All I got now is my feet. 
Thank God he gave me big feet because they were working their work. Kept he and I both alive. My point with you is that boy didn't think one second about what he was doing. All he did was throw himself into the father, his father's arms, and trust whatever God had, whatever his father had, would be good. He was tired of sitting on the sidelines, talking about swimming, talking about being wet, talking about cooling off and having fun. He was tired of sitting in the car seat, because even back then we had car seats, yeah, just after the buggy age, we had car seats. <laughs> the got-tos will include the changes that Holy Spirit will make in you. He'll do what he will do. Trust him. One thing I do know, you will receive power. You will receive boldness. You'll receive an understanding of God's word and how to operate God's way. You'll yield to Holy Spirit. He'll take over and he'll show you some stuff you don't know yet. And here's what I want to say to those of you who already are baptized in Holy Spirit. Maybe that well has dried up a bit. Maybe you've walked in some strange waters. Maybe you've gone some places you shouldn't have gone. I want to say to all of you baptized in Holy Spirit, keep it fresh. Daily pray in the Spirit as part of your worship life. Daily. Hear me when I say that. You're praying, you're also praying in the Spirit. Daily. Let the Holy Spirit just flow in you daily. He'll build you. He'll strengthen you. Paul told the Corinthians that when they speak in tongues, we edify ourselves. Here it is from 1 Corinthians 14. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. You see that? And it's okay to be strengthened personally because if you don't have strength, listen to me. I'll take you back to the illustration in the pool. If I didn't have enough wherewithal and strength in my physical body that I could swim and hold my child above my head and keep my head out of the water, I was no good for either one of us. person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues. Let's not miss this point. We'll bypass it because you're looking at the main point. He's talking about prophecy, though, preacher. He wants everybody to prophesy. He desires that all would prophesy. I wish you could all speak in tongues. But even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So tongues has that dual purpose. When it's in your private life, it builds you. But when it's in the public life, someone has a tongue they bring forth, that's the thing, by the way, that Paul was referring to when he said, not all speak with tongues. That is to say, not all exercise the gift in a public setting that would be used to encourage everybody. 
But I want you to note that when tongues are interpreted, all are strengthened. Let me bring this to a close today. What we've got to do is be filled. You know you're in the last days, don't you? I mean, you, you have to be spiritually dumb and deaf not to know this. We're in the last days. It's happening around you right now. Stuff that you hear and you see, you have to know that we're in those last days. What does that mean? It means that it is expedient that we have anointing and power to do the work of God in these last days. And Holy Spirit is our direct link to the, whole, to the supernatural. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the work of Holy Spirit. He's the direct link to the supernatural in your life. Humanity is limited. God is limitless. I'm going to say that again. Humanity is limited. God is limitless. You need more of the supernatural in order to do the work of God in this day and age. Everyone must hear the good news of Jesus. Everyone worldwide must hear the good news. And the chief reason for Holy Spirit outpouring is to see those who are lost without Christ get saved. Do you remember there is an eternal hell? Do you remember that people that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior are going to land in hell for all eternity? Torture, torment. Not just a little uncomfortable, but constant torment, pain, and anguish. Don't you want to rescue people from that? You and I are compelled to set the captive free. So my question for you this morning is, are you ready to jump in? Are you ready to jump in? Stand to your feet. Sounds like a good John Fogarty song. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Put me in. Don't, don't, aren't you ready to jump in? Tired of being on the sidelines watching other people do the work of ministry? Tired of other people having a, a anointing and power? Don't you want to taste the steak yourself? Don't you want to enjoy it for yourself? It's great that others get to enjoy this, but don't you want to have some yourself? Aren't you ready for a big old dip of Chunky Monkey? Or name your flavor? Aren't you ready for more? I hope I've increased your Holy Ghost appetite this morning. That you're not satisfied with a dab. I don't want a dab. I don't want a little more Jesus. I want a lot more Jesus. Y'all let y'all please let me pause for just a minute and say this. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't know what got you into the service today. I'm just glad you are here, but 
perhaps you're not in a right relationship with Christ. Could be you're watching us live online right now or perhaps even years from now, you're watching this online and you know the Holy Ghost is tugging on your heart and he's saying you need to get right with Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. You're in the sanctuary here and you know that if that trump were to sound, you're not ready to go. If that's you, you want to see it change, lift your hands and say, I need Jesus in my life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Is there somebody else? Lift that hand up high. Just acknowledge, I know I need Jesus. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, 
www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.